Hey there, this is Mike, and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. Last week, I posted a request for topic ideas for upcoming episodes, and I want to thank you for the many responses. I got some comments, DMs, and a lot of emails. Many wonderful ideas and questions. Most of them, while phrased differently, are centered around manifesting and getting to the point of knowing and actually experiencing our wishes fulfilled. That peculiar certainty, I know that I know. Well, my fundamental answer to just about any question is it's a misidentification of self that leads to the doubt and the worry and this feeling of I'm not there yet. But that would make a very short episode without really helping anyone. Ah, you don't know who you are. <laughs> you know, you don't really need any help. You already have all the answers contained within you. And you already have the plan of fulfillment for every desire. I've heard stuff like that before and read Neville. One of my favorite quotes that you are already that which you want to be. But your refusal to believe it is the only reason you do not see it. Oh, but how do you get there? <laughs> As you know, I grew up in church believing that our way was the only way. My specific denomination was the only way. But I always had questions, little questions that popped up that made me wonder, is this the only way? And I would hear stories of miracles and see seeming miracles in our own church, life-altering events that seemed to come from an outside hand, an outside power, from God. I would see them in church, but I would also hear stories of these life-altering events, what we like to call miracles, in people who had nothing to do with Christianity. I heard similar stories from Jews, Muslims, Buddhists, life-changing events, dealing with physical and mental health, finances, you name it and similar stories from people who had nothing to do with any religion whatsoever. I didn't understand it. How can that be? They don't go to our church. They don't believe what we believe. They don't say these prayers. How can anything good come to those who don't believe like I do? <laughs> and that's not fair. <laughs> they don't have to go to church twice on Sunday and once on Wednesday. So what is it? Well, it can't be anything to do with going to the right building or saying the correct prayer or putting your tithes and offering in the correct envelope lovingly supplied by your church with uh, your return address already printed on it. <laughs> the one thing that all of them have in common, though, is faith. That word, faith, might not have been used in their story, but they had a certainty that things were going to turn in their favor a complete reliance on a power beyond what they could see and feel. It was their belief, belief to the point of knowing that brought about the changes in their lives. It was their change in consciousness that brought about the changes in their lives. Belief to the point of knowing that their wish was fulfilled or their prayer answered. It didn't matter whether they thought it was their particular God or their particular ritual or their particular yoga pose. It was their loyalty to the wish fulfilled. And it was fulfilled 
even though they proclaim it came from something outside of them. Whether they believed in an outside power, regardless of its name, the change happened within them. As a young adult, the questions, the wondering grew stronger, and I came across uh, these verses in the Bible that disturbed me at that point in my life. John 1.3 says, God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. And in Ephesians, it says, there is one body and one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Well, that's the Shema. The Lord our God is one Lord. I know now that the Lord is I am, my own awareness of being, my I amness. And even though I didn't understand that back then, I already knew there was more to it than what the churches had taught me. And that's what led me to buying Joseph Murphy's book, The Power of the Subconscious Mind, back in college in the early 90s. It was life-changing. I've told that story before about using those principles that Murphy teaches that I went from near academic probation to graduating with honors. But I forgot about that power over the following decades. And then in 2017, after listening to Murphy on YouTube, I came across Neville Goddard, and what he said made my heart sing. God, this being that I thought was the creator and judge sitting out there somewhere, was really within me. After all, his name, when he meets Moses, is I am that I am. And then he tells Moses to tell the people of Israel that I am has sent you. Well, we all have an I am. <laughs> Our own awareness of being, beingness, that's where the power is. I am. Well, hearing that, hearing Neville teach it so plainly, those verses in Ephesians made much more sense to me. There is one I am, and Father of all, above all, through all, and in all. One consciousness, in all, through all. Hear, O Israel, the I am, our I am, is one I am. Consciousness is one. That realization transcends any man-made doctrine. It's the core of our very being. I am awareness created everything through it. And nothing was created except through awareness. Everything is contained, springs from, and is sustained in imagination. Nothing is separate from imagination. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. So who created my thoughts of despair and the problems or wonderful thoughts and feelings and events in my life? I did it, but there's nothing made that wasn't made by God. And Jesus says in Luke 17, 21, that God is within me. And Paul tells us that we are the temple of God. They keep pointing back to ourselves. We are the temple. So if it's coming from me, these, thought, these feelings of shame and despair, or these feelings of success, 
and love and wonder. Who's doing it? God is. When the Bible talks about the tabernacle and temple, it's talking about each one of us. God is within us, as us. Not some strange split personality syndrome, but it's our very own imagination. When you have an experience, if you grew up in church like me, an experience with God, or if you didn't grow up in church, an experience or some other mystical experience, where was it experienced? Not outside of you, within you, in your own imagination. We can imagine all sorts of things. Is God doing that? Yes, because there's nothing made that isn't made by God. There is nothing that we can experience that doesn't spring from awareness. When I continue a storyline of shame and embarrassment, the power within me that is me will continue that storyline for me perfectly. (laughs) And God loves us, his emanation, so much that he delivers to us exactly what we imagine. As Neville says, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Shame, embarrassment, love, wealth, poverty, whatever the story is that we choose to portray, it will be objectified. There is nowhere outside of me to turn. To do so, to put my hope on anyone else's promises or hinge my happiness on any specific person or thing is to turn from the only God in this world, my awareness of being, my imagination. So when Joshua tells the people of Israel to choose who they'll serve, he's asking them, and this is all an internal story within each one of us, he's asking them to decide whether they're going to continue turning to outside powers or turn to the one God, I am. Joshua is awakened imagination. The name Joshua is Jesus. Jesus is Joshua. And that name means I am saves, or I am has saved, or I am is salvation. So where is salvation? In my I amness, my awareness of being. So we turn within for salvation, not the religious version of salvation where you, you better say the right prayer. Oh, God help you if you, don't, if you don't say the right phrase or get baptized in water saying the right things. I've witnessed huge arguments between groups of people, Christians, over whether it's the correct way to baptize in water is when the pastor says, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit versus I baptize you in the name of Jesus. Wow. I'm not talking about that kind of salvation. I'm talking about turning within for true salvation, to discover your true nature, and to change your life. Change, actually make changes in your life. We call it manifesting, experiencing the proof of what we're imagining. You are the Father, and the Son is contained within you as well. By identifying as the I am within us, we can attach anything to that second part of the name of God. I am that, 
I am. I am what? I am successful. I am healthy. I am in love with a sexy, hot mountain of muscle, and he loves me back. That was Kim's wish. Yeah, she got it. <laughs> I know, for those of you who grew up in church as I did, that this seems like blasphemy to say that God is already within us as our very own awareness or imagination. But I think that makes the Bible even more beautiful, the most beautiful story that unfolds within each one of us, to find that there never was something outside of us. Isn't that wonderful? That's beautiful. It's right here. It's us. Neville teaches that this discovery comes with an absolute certainty when one experiences the promise, the awakening within the skull, having David, who represents the sum total of all of humanity, call you father, and feeling your fatherhood, regardless of your sex at this moment, and the splitting of the curtain or the body and experiencing the rising up from the spine as this molten light as the fiery serpent is lifted and the appearance of the dove. These are all signs of the promise fulfilled. But you do not have to experience that to begin to enjoy the reality of who you are and really get to know your power and your true nature and the oneness of all things. In fact, the most efficient way to awaken, to stir this sleeping father within, is to begin to turn to your own imagination for the desires of your heart, for yourself and for others. I know there will come a hunger. You'll feel it or you're already feeling it or hearing it like a voice within you crying for the veil to be lifted from some seemingly hidden part of your mind. That is wonderful. This is from Neville's lecture, Amnesia, the Sleep of Death. He says that all will awaken and experience the fulfillment of the promise. But in the interval, he says, I ask you to test it. If you really are, and if all things are made by him, and all things are his, then I should be able to appropriate anything in this world that I desire. If it is true, how do I test it? First, believe in your own wonderful human imagination. At the moment, when I tell you that that is Jesus, you don't believe it but I'm telling you it is, and all things are his. If he really has all things, and I can't remember that I am the Lord Jesus Christ, but if I really am, can I, though I still think I am Neville Goddard, can I really now put it to the test? Suppose, as Neville Goddard, I believe that just for a moment, believe I am what Neville Goddard does not believe that he is, but I try to believe that I am and then I become it, and then I try it again, I become it, and I try it again, and I try it for friends, and then it starts to produce itself in performance. I'm proving that the power of which he spoke is true because I am proving it in performance. I'm telling you, memory will return and you're going to find out who you are. You are the Lord Jesus Christ and there is no other. Actually, you became what you are, suffering from amnesia for a divine purpose. One day, you'll awaken and you'll know exactly who you are, 
That's what the Bible is all about. It's the revelation of an eternal truth written without regard for secular history. Okay, so how do we test it? He says, take a scene. Any scene in the world that would imply that you are the one you want to be. I don't care what you want to be, take a scene. When you look at it, if it implies that you are the man, the woman you want to be, who is looking at it? God is looking at it. God is your own wonderful human imagination and all things are possible to God. Will you now remain faithful to what you are seeing and keep that vision in time of trouble? Or will you be diverted and then turn to something that is not God? If you remain faithful to God, knowing that God is your own wonderful human imagination, no power on earth can stop it from coming to pass because there is no other power. If you turn to a man who makes you all kinds of promises, you're turning to a false God. If you remain faithful to this only God, you cannot fail in this world. When you pray, believe that you have received and you will. I must not wait for facts to believe that I am the man I want to be. I produce the facts if I know who I am, and I am all imagination. I am an imagining being. I persist in my imagination, believing it to be true now. If I persist in my assumption, it will become a fact. Do I believe in that God, or am I fickle? And am I turning from the only God to something that is not a God? That's from amnesia, the sleep of death. Whatever your desire is, believe you already have it or are already being it, and it will be reflected in your world. It must. It's a law. Neville calls it the law of assumption, the law of identical harvest, the law of imagining. Like begets like, you reap what you sow. What you believe you receive, it's all over the Bible too. It's in the story of creation. Let the earth sprout vegetation and plants yielding seed, each according to its own kind on the earth. You are the earth and the seeds you plant in imagination sprout and your harvest is your objective world. God used the law of assumption at the very beginning. God assumed it was man knowing, promising to itself that it would awaken again as God. God made a promise to itself that it will awaken again from within man and experiencing an expansion after the experience of being man. It's all consciousness or God moving through states of consciousness, characters in this vast play that seems to have been going on for eons. And God is playing every part. Your story, your life, how you describe yourself in your world is coming from the character you're playing. We're so fused with the play that we forgot that we are its author and the actors portraying states of lack, hate, and separateness. It's all part of the play. This is from Neville's 1969 lecture, All Things Are Possible. Right now, you're playing a part. If you don't like it, you can change it. You could play the part of a man wealthier than you were 24 hours ago. It's only a part for you to play if you desire it. Remind yourself that when you imagine that little 
seen, that moment that implies your wish is fulfilled. What you see, hear, and feel in imagination is what God is seeing, hearing, and feeling. And nothing is impossible to God. Nothing is impossible to the one who knows his imaginal acts become facts. I think many folks start to waver because they start to look for signs. Yes, I believe what I imagined is true, but I need to see some proof out here before I take another step. <laughs> oh man, I know what that feels like. That, oh crap feeling of impending doom because I don't see any change at the moment. Well, the facts that you're balking at are only facts because of what you've already consented to in imagination. Take a moment and remember the first principle. Be still. Least action. Relax my grip. Let go of this panicked feeling of, I need to be doing something right now. And experience my awareness of being as God. Be still. Neville suggests silently repeating, I am. Well, that's who you are. You're calling on your name. You're calling on God. So turn to it. Call upon it. Jeremiah tells us, call to me and I will answer. It's automatic. It's an automatic response. And it isn't coming from anywhere outside of you. There is no separation. And relish in that feeling of, I am, without having to attach anything to it. I am, and I don't need to be anything right now. No storyline, no character development. <laughs> You're being aware of awareness, God, and it doesn't need a story to exist. And when you're ready, move from that expansive feeling of being without being anything to being exactly what you want to be or feeling exactly what you want to be. Now that movement was a creative act. You did exactly what God did in Genesis. The earth was without form until God moved across the face of the waters. God imagined light and there was light. God imagined itself to be man and became man, became you. This is the earth. Your body, your life is the earth. What you imagine is the form it takes, the story it tells. I love you. I'm feeling twisty. <laughs>